Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Benjamin. I'm going to keep the name short because this is special delivery, and we're going to get right to the point. We're covering the hottest shows in TV tonight. I'm joined by the one and only Kim Sonian, Space Ghost producer. I was kind of nodding off because Ben has me hate watching shows these days. I Sorry, mean, though. Yeah, and you have me hate watching other shows, I have to say, though. So we'll get into that. <laughs> but um, Actually, speaking of color, man, I was watching the BET Awards a little bit. Oh. And uh, and I saw this uh, commercial. You're gonna love this for this new slave series coming out next year called the oh. Book Book of Negroes. I kid you not. I wow, kid you that's not. That's awesome. That's an awesome title. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. It's called the Book of Negroes, and I was like, Wow. Okay, Ben's gonna love this after you ran about 12 years a slave. I think you're gonna love this one. Oh, I'll definitely check that out with that title. And uh, speaking of the BET Awards, I also managed to catch a bit. And I just have to say that Usher looks like he's trying to battle Pharrell for the worst hat ever. <laughs> he came out there with this uh, Davy Crockett joint that was like supersized Davy Crockett. It looked like a cross <laughs> between the uh, Davy Crockett hat and one of those Jewish, Orthodox Jewish hats that they wear in Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah, it was all wrong. <laughs> and I also saw Trey songs singing to a woman's vagina. So I have to say, you know, way to keep up your image out there, Trey. <laughs> Class at I gotta, all around. Yeah, I got to say BET Awards is awesome because every artist that presents gets to plug their their like their new album. Like everybody's like, oh, great to see you. By the way, my new album drops next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and not hey. only that, they even, I mean, it, there was no way that Trey Song's performance would ever go down as some legendary style performance, but he even finished it off with, yo, my album comes out July something something, you know, just to date it even more than the fact that you were singing to the oh na na, as you say. <laughs> Um, I did like uh, I did see Chris Brown come out in his uh, plaid skirt or shirt slash skirt. I've, I didn't know what he was really wearing, but um, uh, all I know is that uh, these hoes ain't loyal, Ben. That's all I know. I, I, I guess not. And I heard somebody was throwing money. Shout out to BET, man. You know, you guys, you you put on some excellent entertainment, like you say, black entertainment television, boy. Man, uh, we're not going to be covering the new HBO show, The Leftovers, tonight. We'll get to that next week, but we do have some other HBO to cover that Kim Sonian says that we're hate-watching. No, I'm hate-watching. You're forcing me to watch this. Okay, <laughs> well, what we are talking about is the new season, the final season of True Blood. And the latest episode is entitled, You Found Me. Kimsonian, since you're hate-watching the show, what were your thoughts on it? So, um, right off the bat, we, we opened the show with a blazing man-on-man skin-on-skin uh, scene um, of uh, Eric and uh, Jason. Right, Jason is Suki's brother? 
Yes, so, Jason Stackhouse. Jason and Eric Stackhouse. The Vampire. Right, Eric the Vampire from all the way back to season one. So full disclosure, I have not watched probably since season two. But now that Ben has me hate watching, what's interesting is that I'm catching up pretty quickly. I know I missed a whole lot of stuff, but I'm filling in the blanks pretty quickly. And it's not that hard. Anyway, um, so we start with this luscious blonde Adonis two guys kissing and then find out that it's all a daydream. So I don't know what that really means, but... That pretty much set it up for me. <laughs> um, one thing I did think, though, was like, have we ever seen Lafayette in a sex scene? No, I don't think. Well, he's had he's definitely had some kissing moments. Yeah, he's had some love scenes. He had a lover for one of the seasons. Okay. So Lafayette's had his, yeah, he's, he's had his time to shine. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that, the you know, it was evenly represented. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, this, this show, this particular episode, there were some definite snooze moments. There were some interesting, uh, little reveals. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I don't know, Ben, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, what'd you think? Well, I mean, the season's only 10 episodes long, Kimsonian, so you won't have to suffer for that long. I didn't, uh, I, I think True Blood has, uh, shout out to Chico Leo, as he talks about that most shows can't survive past the fifth season, and this is True Blood's seventh season, and yeah, I think it might have been good done at like four seasons, and it didn't happen, so they're going on. This season is all about the main villain seems to be these rogue vampires who are infected with a hepatitis V disease, and they're just slaughtering the town. There was definitely some like Walking Dead type moments. In oh this my episode. gosh! Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it was just like felt like kind of a cheesy bite. Like okay, you know, Walking Dead's popping, so we're gonna get some of that vibe going on in this episode. And yeah, you know the one, the, know. the exactly the one great thing that I did find is that there'd be some great spinoff shows from this show, basically this series. Like I would love to watch a Lafayette show. And I think many wow. people have said that. I would watch a Lafayette show about Lafayette and him turning and him dealing with all these crazy, I don't know, backwards people or backwards vampires. I would watch the Lafayette show. The other show that I think would be really <laughs> funny, there's another show that we could spin off called My Mayor is a Dog. And I think that would be a really good show. <laughs> And I think that if you had a mayor who turned into a dog, that in and of itself is a show. Now, how come they can't realize that that's the crux of what True Blood is really about? They could build a whole show about this mayor trying to get it together. And they try, you know, he tries to pretend that he's not a dog and then people see him as a dog and all. I don't know. I think there's comedic value. Like the wacky evil villain who's like always, I knew you were a dog mayor. Yeah. And nobody ever believes him. Right. I mean, it it could be like Alf, you know, he could have like a more of an Alf (laughs) voice and, you know, maybe he's got like a family and shows up when he comes home for dinner. He's a dog. And then they're like, dad, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, God. So, you know what that thing is? It's, it's kind of like how they're doing a Better Call Saul on AMC. Where right. they're spinning off a comedy more show instead of the darkness that was Breaking Bad. So I could definitely see that for True Blood. And My Mayor as a Dog might be one of the greatest shows. It, it would definitely be better than True Blood at this point. That's my point. So. I think that they're, they're really sitting on gold. I mean, it might have taken them seven seasons to get to <laughs> the idea that My Mayor as a Dog is a, is a potentially you know Emmy-winning show. 
And I would definitely watch the Lafayette show as well. Uh, other than that, in this episode, we did finally have the return of Eric, even though, like you said, it was kind of foreshadowed in the beginning of the episode. And I thought that made his reveal at the end kind of weak. But there was the reveal that Eric now has the hepatitis V disease, which seems to be fatal. It kills zombie. I mean, vampires dead and... It's tight on old boy, but since this is the final season, you know, I figured that most of the main characters would be going out. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know if I'm really paying attention as much as I should be, but I just feel like this vampire on vampire crime and like there's levels to this. I just, I don't know. It's it's not really appealing to me. And then to to, to mix it all up with don't invite him in the house and then. That actually was kind of interesting that the sheriff's daughter has some Jean Grey powers. Like, she can mind read, like, Suki, and she can, like, you know, energy, shoot fireballs. She's a fairy, like Suki. Right, she's a fairy, essentially, and so she's coming into her powers. That... That's kind of interesting to me, but this kind of vampire on vampire arguments, it just it doesn't. It's almost like if the zombies were arguing over each other. It's kind of, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, so who am I supposed to root for? The the nicer vampires or the the evil? I, I just well, don't get it. You were supposed to root for the teacher vampire, but since that hepatitis V did her in in this episode, you know you can't root for her anymore. I was really trying to remember where the brother vampire was from. I've seen him in enough other roles. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah, me too. This, uh, me too. Yeah, and this might be one of his bigger ones that I'm hoping for. You know, I hope he becomes kind of the lead evil, you know, hungry vampire. And so he gets, you know, some more shine. Because it seems that between him and the guy who nobody believes that my dog, I mean, my mayor is a dog. They seem to be the two main villains or, or groups of villains so far right and then the, the guy who actually is leading the pack against the mayor how is that dude not a vampire man that that's like central casting he looks straight up like a vampire like how did they not I'm sure how did they not bleach his skin and like maybe i don't know man put some veins on dude he would have been scary as shit but no he's the normal you know southern dude like don't trust the mayor because he's a dog i don't know it didn't work out for me man but I, I think they made him look scary, so that way, you know, he doesn't need to be a vampire. And he's sort of like the in the Stephen King stories when the one town person always grows crazy, and then you got to deal with him as well as you know whatever monster is slaying the rest of the town this week. It's just that there's so many camps on this show. I just really don't know who to root for anymore. And I mean, I'm always behind Lafayette, even from season one. You know, I thought he was the most interesting character, but. Uh, just I don't know. There's too many camps going on, and I'm not sure who to really root for at this point. Well, like I say, we got eight more episodes of True Blood, so we'll find out, you know, if it gets better as it reaches its ending, or does it, you know, struggle to an end, kind of like the Boondocks did this season. <laughs> All right, shout out Boondocks. Yeah, a little shade there. Um, (laughs) The other show that we're covering tonight is also a a finale, but of the first season of Penny Dreadful, which my enthusiasm for has dropped considerably as the season wore on. Yeah, I feel like, once again, shout out to Chico Leo. I feel like the show is just, it takes a long time for anything worthwhile to happen. I really expected the big battle in this 
episode to happen before it did and said it was a lot more yapping. I don't know, Kim Sonian. How'd you feel about the finale of it? Yeah, I, I feel like they did dump a lot into, you know, just the finale. Um, I did have higher expectations. They're still winning me with the way it looks. And one thing, once I realized that it wasn't what I thought it was going to start off as, which is I thought it was going to be a much more adventure-based show. And instead, it turns out to be much more of an adult version of these classic horror characters. But then with Vanessa Ives as the, the, the evergreen character, as the center of the piece, which I really didn't understand until that flashback episode with her. I mean, I, I kind of felt like it was going to be a Josh Hartnett, Hartnett show, but it's really her show. And, yep. um, and of course, as we predicted in this episode, um, you know, Josh Hartnett does become a werewolf and, you know, all these things um, that we kind of, what, what the, his girlfriend who was dying, she's going to be the bride. So they, they basically fulfilled what they set up earlier in the, in the season. Um, I agree with you. It was a little anticlimactic. I'm excited to see what they do next. Um, it's still the best looking show on TV and I got to give it up to them. They're doing that time period and those characters justice even though it may not be what I thought it was going to be at the beginning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree that it's a good-looking show. I won't say it's the best-looking show. I still would probably go with a Game of Thrones or maybe even a Boardwalk Empire over this one. But it's a good show. It just, like I said, it took too long. Like, the final reveal that he was a werewolf, I knew that was, you know, that was pretty much predicted from so early on in the season that it was like, okay, just show you the werewolf. And get to that by, like, episode five or so. Mm. And then you can, you know, do more with it. But now it's like we got to wait for a second season to see the werewolf more. And yeah. and then uh, Dorian Gray got the ultimate friend zone. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> like, oh, man. What you're feeling right now is rejection. That might have been one of the better lines I've heard in a long time. Yeah. That was cold-blooded. You know, what was interesting is that this episode showed how monsters have feelings. So Frankenstein caught Franken-feelings, uh -huh. and then Dorian yep. Gray was like, he was getting dissed, he caught feelings. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, let's humanize these characters who are usually just one note, you know? And so that, that definitely throws a wrench. It's kind of hard to swallow. Um, I think we're, we'll see how the, the werewolf plays out in the, in the second season. I hope they keep the production level up, and I hope they, like you said, I hope they get to the action a lot quicker because it took a minute. They kept false starting, and then, you know, with the Egyptian thing, I thought that was going to come in a little more. I don't know. It was a lot of false starts for me, but uh, yeah. I, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, a lot of, like, red herrings, you know. Like, I thought there would be more like an Egyptian slant to the vampires. Instead, they were more just like Nosferatu or whatever. Right. And it, 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 I, like I say, I, I like the, uh, I want to call him Remington Steele so bad. But I like. <laughs> Sir Malcolm? I like, yes. I like the flip of his character at the end where he finally acknowledges that Eva Green is his daughter, you know, and Mina is lost. Right. Uh, one thing I do want to say and speak on is I'm really upset. I've been upset about this all season is that the brother, one of the main characters from my interpretation, when I first saw the previews for the show, they had posters in the subway, and he had a poster all his own. 
I swear he's gotten less than 20 lines in the whole season. Like, the most exciting thing he did was snap a little kitten's neck. So I'm highly disappointed in Actually, that. though, tonight, though, he was actually really nice with those double swords. If oh, he's been nice with the double swords in every fight. Right. But it's, you know, everybody in the fights has been, you know, given as good. It's not like he saved a day one time or anything. So I was like... Come on, man. No lines for this dude. Like, no history. Can't find out anything about his story. Yeah, they should have gone into his story more than, than some of the other ones. I agree with you. I think his story, they, they intimated at it um, uh, a little bit. But, uh, you know, him being from one of his uh, Sir Malcolm's expeditions and that he's seen what Sir Malcolm has seen. So, figure he's not just a servant. He looks like that because that's the society. But he's actually a lot smarter and... But you're right. They could have totally shown that. That would have been amazing. You know, I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, we need to it, to see more of him, you know. Yeah, it really would have helped just to round out, you know, give some color to the show for real. Like just, And it was like they didn't really, like you said, they showed little hints in there. We know he's smarter than that. We know he's seen more than probably most of the characters, you know, because he's seen some really dark stuff in the past. Right. But... Uh, no real lines from dude, like no speeches, no monologues, nothing, no no real dialogue for that matter. It's yeah, just, I, I do want to yeah. know his story and why is he there? I mean, you know, he could be back home chilling and now he's in London in the snow. It's like it's a little crazy. I do want to end this episode. I think you have a great idea concerning since this is the last season of True Blood. Uh, fan bros out there, give us your best spinoff for True Blood. So far, we have My Mayor is a Dog and Lafayette's Life, I guess. Yeah, The Life of Lafayette. That would be cool. There we go. Life of Lafayette and My Mayor is a Dog. Give us your best spinoffs for True Blood. Leave them in the comments. Hit us on iTunes. Leave a comment there. Give us a rating or a review. All that good stuff. Check out fanbros.com. New articles up every day. It's popping. It's crazy. It's what you need in your life. Anything else, Timsonian? Uh, I do want to say that uh, Chico and I covered Dominion last week. Um, coming yes. up in the next week, we're going to uh, follow up with Dominion now that Penny Dreadful is over. And uh, we'll add that to the mix with True Blood and The Leftovers. Um, I did like it. I don't know, uh, Ben, if you checked it out, but um, check it out. Nah, I haven't checked out Dominion yet, but I'll try and get on that since, you know, the fan bros seem to be feeling it. It's I'll a- give it a try this week, and I'll let you know my feelings on the next episode of Special Delivery. All right. Well, thank you, fan bros and internets all for listening to this latest episode of Special Delivery. This is your boy, DJ Ben Amin, alongside my homie, Kimsonian. Hey, and one last thing. If you're in New York City and you hear this episode on Monday, come check me at the Delancey. I'll be spinning there. Look, Kimsonian, it's just like the BET Awards. (laughs) Hey, Ben, I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. By the way... (laughs) Uh, my new I- show drops next week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like I said, catch me at the Delancey Monday night, 8 to 12. We're out of here, fam bros. Thank you for listening. God bless and good night. Peace. <laughs>